Hello, and welcome to Writer's Group Therapy. I'm Tom. And I'm Roshni. We're writers helping writers with whatever writing ailments you might have. Whether it's related to your craft or your career, we can help. Are you ready for your session? The The doctors doctors are are in. in. Happy holidays, Roshni. Oh my gosh, we are in December already. Where did the year go? Yeah. Did, did you get any good deals on Black Friday? Like any any cool buys, any cool presents for uh, the family or anything? I did buy some stuff during Black Friday. I was actually working a lot of Black Friday like that weekend, so I wasn't online as much as I could have been. But I did notice this year that there were a lot of good sales for writers. Writer, writing deals. Oh, you know, writing I didn't deals. think of that. Yeah. So tis the season. This was the time. And I feel like they started the sales early and extended them late. So who knows? Maybe they'll bring them back around mid-December. I have no idea. But they're, they're still going on. Some A lot of times Black Friday is just when it starts. They were running them as early as Wednesday. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know, actually, I do know I got emails from Final Draft. I always get emails from Final Draft. I'm still on Final Draft 10. And they're up to twelve, and their um, their discount on the upgrade. Let me check real quick. It's like normally it's a hundred bucks. Now it's like sixty five, so not bad. I never mm-hmm. personally never feel like I need to upgrade. Like I use all the basic functions, and they work great for me. So I'm, I'm like, why do I need to upgrade? But if you want to upgrade, or somebody you you know is wanting to upgrade, it's a pretty good deal. I haven't. I'll be honest because I haven't been writing scripts lately, so I haven't been using anything but like i think at the last uh, time i wrote a script i used thailand which is free mm. yeah do you use I a didn't writing program for your books do you have a specific book writing program i do i do like google docs um there's a lot of functionality in google docs but i switched to atticus midsummer and i really like them because you can design your books in the program as well and so before I was using, I still am with draft to digital but I was using draft to digitals functionality for designing the interior. And I like this because it's kind of all in one space. So that means everything looks uniform. And it's actually a lot easier because this is getting into the weeds now about marketing, but I've started going direct with my books versus going through an aggregator. So yeah. some of my books are not through draft, through draft to digital anymore. They are direct with like Amazon or direct with Kobo. In which case, I would have had to make my own inside uh, design anyway. So it's a nice program. It's a nice all-in-one. But a lot of people swear by, oh, golly, what's the name of it? I think it's called Vellum is the name of the yeah, program. They cool. swear by that one. And that one, I've seen the books that one's turned out. That one's a really nice program as well. Oh, that's right. You told me you went to a con and you actually were um, selling your books to people, like talking to them and everything. That's really cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was my first convention as an author um, and my first time running a booth because I've been to conventions before, but usually as an attendee or we went that one year when we had our film in the film festival. So as a panelist and this time as a vendor, it was very different. It was a lot of fun. This was a smaller convention. I know in years past, there are usually about a thousand people. Um, I'm not sure how many people came through this time around because I'm sure their numbers took a hit with the pandemic. So I'm guessing probably like in the five to 800 range. But again, I also wasn't really like running around. I was basically at my booth the whole time. 
and it was fun. It was a lot of fun to interact with people and, you know, everyone was wearing great costumes and just, yeah. And also because it was Thanksgiving weekend, like trying to get there was at LAX. It was so easy. Oh yeah. Always nice on the holidays. In LA, everyone leaves, leaves LA for the holidays for the most part and goes home to visit family. Oh, it was just so nice. Nice. It was so easy to get around, yeah. Cool. I'm glad that worked out well for you. So look for Roshni at more conventions in the future. I do plan on doing more in 2024, for sure. I probably won't take it on the road like I used to do my albums, just because I'm lazy. I don't feel like you know piling everything in a car and driving cross-country. So I'll probably stick local. There is one um, that I will be flying to in the spring. And other than that, it's all going to be L.A. Cool. So besides buying your books to give to all our family and friends, what other ideas do you have for holiday gift giving for writers this year? Oh, man. You know, I I feel like we do have to apologize to our listeners because in years past, and maybe we were looking in the wrong spots, I did not realize how many Black Friday deals there were for writers. I mean, seriously, like every program I use from marketing to you know, drafting to what have you was all on sale over Black Friday weekend. And some of the deals were, you know, really good. Like I was looking at one plotting program that was heavily discounted. I ended up not buying it, but I did suggest it to my bosses. Um, And then the program I currently use had like a, you buy it for full price, but you, you get like an extra thing that I didn't get. So some of the deals I'm like, okay, you know, it's not a huge deal that I missed it, but it's amazing how many deals there were for writers this time around. And I thought, wow, like we should have done a holiday thing prior to. We probably should have done it before Black Friday. Thanksgiving. Yeah. 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 But we couldn't have known. We couldn't have yeah. known what was going to be discounted, you know? It seems like, yeah, the, the discounts were, were fast and furious. And my email box was just exploding with all kinds of things. I took mm-hmm. advantage of Adobe um, for you filmmakers out there and designers and post you designing your posters in Photoshop or doing your film editing or your, your soundtrack editing and audition. Creative cloud is on sale. At least it was, it was for black Friday. Maybe it'll still be going on. If you get the, cause it's a subscription service you pay. Like I was paying like $55 a month for the whole package, like all of Adobe's apps and, and services. And uh, if you, if you use the, if you go in on the, during the holidays, even like I had it, I can't, I actually cancel mine. And then they offer you the, uh, it's like 30, 30, $30, $35 of tax per month. It's for the whole year. So you save like $20 a month for the whole year. That's $240. So that's a big savings. So. And especially for a subscription, I was reading something also over the weekend about how subscription boxes are sort of going to the wayside. Oh, box gift. Oh, those like uh, get a box every month of uh, like snacks from Japan or or yeah, just, an- but, but anime just a, a, stuff across or... all across all things. They were saying like food, for example, is probably still going to be good, but in general, like you know, uh, subscription boxes where it's like you know sample. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something non-perishable. You know, sample clothing or sample yeah, shoes or ones. yeah. They're saying that with the economy the way it is. And also you get stuff in there that you're like, I don't need, you know, if like I say a a pen subscription, I don't need half of these pens. I won't use them. So people are beginning to drop them, Mm. the subscription box model. And so people are just getting tired of subs, they were saying. And I thought that was really interesting. I saw a new one, which is completely unrelated to writing, but it was like for like an oven. 
like some special oven and they're they're the oven's usually $250 like a like a desk countertop convection oven it's usually about $250 they were selling it for 50 bucks and you had to buy so many of the meals that they send you prepared like on a, like a meal service thing like a blue rip, blue apron kind of thing but but they it's not just the food it's the oven to cook them in too which i thought was kind of weird Oh, interesting. But then, like, if you if you cancel early, do you have to send the oven back or something? No, I think you keep the oven. <laughs> huh, interesting. I think you do, yeah. I mean, their goal is to get you hooked on their service so you'll keep buying it. But, you know, it's kind of like printers. You, the printers are cheap. The ink is expensive. <laughs> yeah, right. And, hey, even those have subscriptions now. But, yeah, they were – it was an interesting article about just how people are kind of subbed out <laughs> and we're sick of it, you know? <laughs> So I thought that was interesting. I took advantage on the streamer side. I took advantage of the Paramount Plus had a uh, discount instead of uh, it's usually like about ten dollars a month for Paramount Plus, which I get only because it's the home of Star Trek on streaming. But they had a special for I think it was three fifty or something three fifty a month for for three months. So I I canceled that and then resubscribed with the deal, and in three months I'll figure out what I'm going to do again. But I mean, do you binge that, or or do they release stuff weekly? Uh, no, we won't, it's it's because of my mom. My mom's a big Star Trek fan, so we watch Star Trek every day, pretty much, while we have dinner. So we've Aww. gone through a couple different shows, and and uh, it's her thing. And and we have to do the non-commercial one because she doesn't like to watch the commercials. So yeah, I, yeah, I pay for I pay for it. It's kind of one of my gifts to my mother. I feel like in the future, at least for the next few years. To me, that would be what a subscription is. Like, if I get a subscription, it's probably because someone bought it for me mm. or, like, I gave it to someone. Because even, like, going back to the writing programs and stuff, I turned one of them down, even though it had a good sale, because I'm like, I don't want to pay a subscription fee. You know yeah. what I mean? And the writing program I bought was a one-time fee, which that's why I was like, I'm fine paying mm. that because it's a lifetime software license versus, like, you know, here's a 100 bucks again for... I actually have very few software subscriptions i don't in fact i don't think i have any because i just don't like that idea i know i used to buy the you know i used to buy the adobe creative cloud suite every time they upgraded and it was like hundreds of dollars you know i think the suite was 600 to a thousand and then every time you upgrade was another three or four hundred um so i feel like it's kind of worth it in that case because it's it's continually being upgraded and improved and they they have so many apps now for all different kinds of creative tools that it it and, and I write it off as a business expense, so it feels like it's really that's that kind of thing's worth it to me. I know people like to like own their software sometimes, and I do feel that way about some of the things I use. But in this case, I think Adobe's worth it. Don't don't talk about it too much because some of like Final Draft will probably go subscription, and we'll all be upset then. <laughs> well, I'm I mean, it, it pretty much version. is though. I was gonna say it. It pretty much is because every time they update it, you're basically paying for a full the full thing again. Yeah. And you have to watch out. Cause I hear things like rumors of them deactivating older versions at some point, like Ouch. kind of forcing you to upgrade. I don't know if that's legal or not, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Be careful with your shopping and your money out there. There's lots of offers and deals. So check them out. We'll put some links in the notes. Anyway, otherwise in more holiday ideas, I was thinking about writing a Christmas film. Have you ever written a Christmas film or a holiday film? I should say. You know, what's funny is, um, oh my gosh, the years are blurring together. It was during the pandemic. I was actually pitching 
a film to a friend of mine who worked at, it wasn't like Hallmark, but it was that kind of uh, freeform Hallmark, that kind of feeling of a type acquisition firm. And I was pitching rom-coms and I remember it was interesting. She came back to me and said, they love this idea. Can we make it Christmas? <laughs> yeah, and I forget go. now because the pitch ended up dying and I didn't really, I'll be honest, I didn't pursue it that hard. Um, I think we did switch it to Christmas and then I forget what happened. I think the problem was it was too similar to something they already had in their pipeline, which I was yeah. like, well, at least it means I'm on the right track. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm getting the same ideas. Can't you know, imagine. Are. I can't imagine. It, it's so hard to write a Christmas movie that hasn't been done before because there's so many of them now. I mean, with with your hallmarks and your free forms and your well, TVs here's and the here's else. the thing though. There's a difference between the focus is Christmas and Christmas is in the background. Mm. Mine wasn't the focus is Christmas. Mine right. was the focus is something else, and it just happened to be the Christmas season. Ah. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. Die Hard. People call Die Hard a Christmas movie. <laughs> I mean, just because it's set at Christmas, but you know what I'm yeah. saying. So, and I think that was one of the notes was like, they, I needed to incorporate more Christmas in it. You know, I'm like, well, Christmas isn't really the focus of this thing, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, there is definitely a difference between a movie about Christmas, which is like all your Hallmark slate versus a movie that just happens to have the holiday season as the backdrop. Yeah, well, actually, I found a great article uh, on industrialscripts.com called uh, Writing Christmas Films and Navigating the Holidays, the Ultimate Guide. Ooh, ultimate. And they actually go through all the different types of, hit of Christmas movies, including things like horror holiday, you know, holiday adventure, animated mm -hmm. holiday, musical holiday, dark comedy holiday. So they go through all the different genres and talk about how they're all unique. Um, and then they get into what are the key Christmas elements you have to put into a Christmas film. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So if, and I'll I, put that link in the show notes if anyone wants to I check will it out. say before we really like deep dive into holiday uh, script writing, it is lucrative. I do know from my days in the music industry, if you had a hit Christmas song, even though it only plays for like a month and a half out of the entire year, you make bank. Look at Mariah oh, yeah. Carey's All I Want for Christmas, right? Like if you have a Christmas song that gets heavy rotation, you make bank more than like if you just had a hit song in general. So I'm sure it's the same thing with films and TV shows, even though it's only for that like two month period, it's played ad nauseum. You make bank. Absolutely. Yeah. Mariah is probably, if she never does another song again, she'll probably still have plenty of money from all you, all I want for Christmas is you. Right. Oh yeah. Did you see, um, I think it was the Grammys and they like, it was funny. It was like right after Halloween, they had this cute little video. It was like, she they're thawing her out. And she's like, it's time, you know, and they're playing the the, yeah. um, the jingle in the background, just like the instrumental part. Because yeah. it's so like everybody associates it now with Christmas so heavily, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so it's the same thing. I, I used to watch back when uh, it was ABC Family and now it's Freeform and they would just play Christmas movies like nonstop starting around Thanksgiving. And I loved it. I loved the cheesy you know, movies. And so I'd watch them. And I think there was one, it was like the 12, was it, what was it called? The 12 dates of Christmas. It was like Mark Paul mm -hmm. Gosselaar. And I forgot who the woman was. Um, I remember the premise. It was something like she gets spritzed with perfume, gets knocked out and relives the same date over and over. Right. And I remember it 
because they played it like like at least five slots every day. And if you just put on the Christmas, you know, movies, you just see it all the time. So like that was the one they had in heavy rotation. So yeah, yeah. like they'll, they'll I get, think there's uh, even a royalties. channel on like Tubi or Pluto TV that all they do for the next month is run the Christmas story, like a Christmas story all day, every day. It's kind of like, <laughs> I'm, and I'm sure those actors are happy for it. I'm you know sure what I they mean? Are. The royalties are, <laughs> you know, get those pennies. All right. So Tom, what would you put in your Christmas film? What would I, you know, I was actually, it's funny. Cause I was, when I was thinking of brainstorming, I actually went to, um, we talk about AI a lot. I went to this new AI I've been playing with called pi.ai. And it's a little different than like chat GTP because it feels more conversive. In fact, you can pick different voices and it actually reads what it writes to you. So it's almost like you're talking to somebody. Mm -hmm. They're a little more conversive. And uh, I threw some ideas at it and was trying to, you know, brainstorm where would be a unique place to put it, where would be, you know, who would the protagonist be? And it seemed to give me a lot of uh, canned kind of cliche kind of things. There were some interesting ideas, but it did spur my own ideas. But then I decided, let's go the traditional route. And I just Googled it. And and found a, a good article called um, Seven Essential Elements of a Great Holiday Movie. It's from ScreenCraft. It's a really great idea to like really get your ideas together and figure out what you want to put in your movie. So the first the first element is nostalgia. So think about all the movies like we just talked about a Christmas story. That's probably like ninety nine percent nostalgia of a Christmas movie, right? Well, but that's nostalgia because. I mean, now that's from like what was it set like the 1940s? Right. It's and when it's was told. It again? It's told in the past. It's a. Uh, it's about an adult talking about his youth as a as a child around the holidays. When, when did it come out though? Was it 80s or was it before? It was in the 80s. I'm pretty in sure the it was 80s? in the 80s. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you know that movie is so well beloved because everyone thinks about all the things in that movie that make you remember your childhood. The plane in the snow, the BB gun, the you know the the weird presence the 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 relatives and those sorts of things you know and what it was like to be a child around christmas and wanting to you know make sure you're good so you get christmas santa comes and going to the mall and sitting on santa's lap i mean that thing wraps up so much nostalgia it's uh, it's overflowing with it <laughs> so that's number one i was just one. thinking like what would be nostalgia now because we're in you know the 20 20s nostalgia would now be like 70s 80s well i would think of like christmas vacation would be like one of the big nostalgia movies for me because that was in the 80s wasn't it with uh, chevy chase well no i'm thinking more like elements like Ah. kids today probably wouldn't be like let's go to the mall and sit on santa's lap because i don't even know if malls are around (laughs) you know what i mean like i'm trying to think of what nostalgic elements you put in in a in a current movie now oh gosh that's a good question i know we're both stumped <laughs> dead air yeah what the actual like, opening what of you presents you know because <laughs> you know it, i yeah. find it hard when you when you're giving presents because they're all digital nowadays so you know the idea of wrapping something and giving it to them is so alien plus you know a lot of my friends and family are, are not local so we're it's all done digitally over you know e-gift cards and things so the mm-hmm. idea of uh of actual sitting down and unwrapping presents i can't remember the last time i unwrapped a present to be honest so that's yeah. pretty nostalgic to me 
Yeah. Hmm. I'm sorry. I just had to go on that tangent there because I'm like, well, if the no, 80s it's... and 90s are considered nostalgia now at this point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, I mean, to our generation, sitting on Santa's lap makes sense. But give it like 20 years and they'll probably be like, mall? What's a mall? You know? Why would I sit on some weird guy's lap? Exactly. exactly. Like, that's weird. Santa, huh, Santa's that's not at the mall. Santa's on TV all the time now. I mean, one thing that you can say about holiday films, no matter the genre, is they're very tropey and they lean Mm. into those tropes. Like if you think about, I mean, and I know like, for example, there's a great SNL sketch that makes fun of like Hallmark tropes, but it's true. It's always like big city girl who doesn't have time for romance and she's quirky, goes back to small town, meets small town, hometown hunk and learns the true spirit of Christmas and slowing down and saves the town from big corporate uh, nameless entity who wants to turn it into soulless, whatever. You know what I mean? Like you could just like, they write themselves. That's number five on the list, actually. Holiday tropes and cliches. Yep. Oh, oh, I hit number five. What's, you got what's number uh, five on four? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's, it's actually, you know, and it's actually something that people embrace because that's the thing that's, that kind of also speaks to the nostalgia is that that's the kind of stuff that people um, embrace in holiday movies because they feel like if you don't have that in your movie, it's not a holiday movie. Well, I think also the holidays, like, no matter where people are coming from, whether or not you celebrate them, whether or not they're, you know, happy or sad for you, there's something about the holiday season starting from like, and I would say it starts as soon as September, back to school through like New Year's, right? Mm -hmm. I love this time of year. And like, there's something about that back half of the year that makes you feel like you want comfort, you want cozy, you want the tropes because they're familiar. You want the nostalgia because it's like, this is how it should have been. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you want those things. And so you don't care that it's tropey up the wazoo and it would like never happen. You know, like you still want that. It's just, there's something about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. That kind of goes to number four, which is atmosphere. So Mm. the Christmas lights, the decorations, the mall, the, you know, all those things, uh, the shopping, uh, they mentioned things like, um, jingle all the way, you know, or Schwarzenegger has to go find the perfect toy, that kind of stuff, you know? So, and there's always music and there's lights and it's just, you know, that holiday atmosphere, you know, which kind of gives everyone a good feeling. The magic, which is number two. I like how we're not going in order. Well, you, you kind of jumbled <laughs> it for me there by... You, Sorry. You, you picked number five. That's okay. Yeah, so one was one was nostalgia, two is magic. So, you you know, and that kind of, when I like to write science fiction, you know, that's where you always get to put that one little thing in that's kind of out there that, you know, people will accept even in a fairly grounded movie. If you throw in one little thing, you know, you can kind of get away with that. So people, and people like that. It's part of the season kind of thing. Then three was family which is important, you know, usually most Christmas stories are about family, either being with family, getting back to family, getting away from family, just (laughs) hating your family, loving your family, whatever it is, there's always some sort of family aspect to it, right? Even Die Hard, you know, it's all about John McClane trying to save his his estranged wife. Is that your favorite Christmas movie? No, it's not. It's just, it's just always, I'm just using it as a contrast because it's, even though it's diehard, it's still technically got family in it. And it's yeah. a Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And what else did I miss? We talked about that. Uh, hope. Hope is the last, uh, not hope, hope and redemption are the last two 
items on their list, which are kind of go together. So, um, you know, things like, um, you know, Scrooge has to, you know, redeem himself. Otherwise he's going to have that horrible future, you know, or, um, it's a wonderful life, you know, with, uh, everyone coming to the rescue and saving, you know, George Bailey in the end from, from his ruin. And <laughs> basically it's a suicide movie. So yeah, so hope and redemption. So, so if you've got those things then you might have a pretty decent, uh, Christmas movie. Hmm. You you might have a pretty decent Christmas movie. That was really yeah. funny. But we're missing something very important, which is if you're writing your Christmas movie now, you have to think about it for next year. It's Most of these year. things probably get made in the summertime, honestly. Yeah. So for a Christmas film, you have a long lead time. Yeah. Too late now, but yeah. You know, if you've got, uh, you know, a couple in the bank, they're they're kind of like we've talked about, they're kind of evergreen, so to speak, because people are always making Christmas movies every year. So um, it's not a bad thing to have in your in your portfolio because there's always um, a need for more holiday movies, uh, you know, every year. Yes, they show the old ones over and over again, but they're always looking for that next magical, you know, kind of classic instant, you know, modern classic. And you know what's funny? I don't know if your article touched on this. There's always a lot of Christmas movies and Halloween movies. And even for other holidays, you know, Valentine's Day for sure. They're a little bit on New Year's. I think there was one that I can think of a few years ago, an ensemble one that was like, eh, not a lot of Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving's a little tricky. Uh, There were a couple uh, turkey movies. There was, um, I can't remember the animated movie. There was a, a... not turkey turkey run was it called yeah where the turkeys go back in time to try to change uh thanksgiving into a pizza holiday (laughs) oh that's awesome it was great yeah turkeys in a time machine why do you think that is though why do you think there hasn't been a successful thanksgiving movie why was there no thanksgiving vacation movie right well i mean thanksgiving is too short for people to take a vacation but i mean there's a lot you could do around the holiday obviously you've got the family trope of like everybody you know regathering hometown thanksgiving is usually a time when people go back to their hometown and i think it's like what is it the wednesday before thanksgiving is like the biggest bar night of the year you could totally Mm. do something with that um if you guys do (laughs) give us credit but like seriously there's always you know black friday you could do stuff with that like there's so much around those like four or five days but nobody's really done anything with it right unless they're like having thanksgiving and then the christmas season starts (laughs) yeah and then it's like a lead into christmas for sure time to put the tree up everyone yeah so yeah yeah. it's but there's never just like a thanksgiving movie And I don't know if that's because, I mean, yes, you do get, in theory, if you wrote a film that started December 1st, like a romance or something, you do have like 20 some days for the characters to like fall in love. So I get that you have like a longer lead time. Mm, Yeah. But like, you know, people have Halloween movies all the time, like Hocus Pocus that took place on one night. So why can't you have something that takes place on one day? I don't know. They're just for some reason, Thanksgiving, I guess, is just not a good film market or something i think they're just hidden in other things i think thanksgiving happens in a lot of movies because it's a time of year that comes and goes Mm -hmm. but it's just never the main subject of the movie but isn't thanksgiving weekend a big box office thanksgiving and christmas 
Aren't those big box office? It is because that's when they launch a lot of the Christmas movies. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I guess you'd have to do a Thanksgiving movie at Halloween, right? To launch it. Around the holidays is when they launch all the big, um, they're not Christmas movies. They're more like the big blockbuster movies that they want the big audiences because people are off of work and off of school and they have money from the holidays. So they go to the movies more. Uh, so there's just a lot of money to be had. Plus, you want to get in all your last minute Oscar contenders come out around the holidays because they're, they want to slip them in as close to the end of the year as they can because that way they're fresh in the minds of the voters in the spring. Yeah, but they also don't really do New Year's films. There have been a some. I mean, I can only think of one. They're kind of more rom com because they're always like the want to be with your, you know, your significant other on New Year's Eve kind of thing. I guess I'm, I'm just thinking in terms of holidays, if you looked at the calendar year, you get Valentine's Day movies, you get like maybe a movie set in spring, you might get a summer movie, like a summer vacation type movie, mm-hmm. eh, maybe 4th of July, not really. Not you really back Saint to Patrick's school. Day. Got all those Not, I mean, I movies. <laughs> yeah, I guess that one. one I, I don't one really think of. One series of movies. <laughs> there was like Leap Year, you know, or whatever for rom- mm-hmm. for uh, romance. But honestly, St. Patrick's isn't really touched. Yeah. Then you come into September. You don't really get like Labor Day. You don't really get like back to school. You might get like a school, like Mean Girls, right? But that took you through the whole school year, right? So you mm-hmm. get that. You definitely have Halloween movies. Not really Thanksgiving, and There's you definitely quite a, have Christmas. A, a lack of Purim movies, I feel. You know, Purim's just getting left off the, the movie chart for some reason. No, not a not a good Purim joke. Okay, never mind. I mean, I yeah. There's there's I can I can think of some biblical movies related to it. Yeah. I don't yeah, know maybe. if uh, Veggie Tales Esther really is what you were thinking of, but okay, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. But other than having that religious theme, there's not. Yeah, there's not like a movie just happened to be set around that time. Yeah, it took Adam Sandler to make a Hanukkah movie, actually. Was it was that animated? I can't it was, remember. Uh, eight, eight Crazy Nights, I think it was. Yeah. It was yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It's just I it's just funny because I'm I'm thinking now about the slate of things that you see in a year and there's definitely a lot of holes as far as holidays, and there's more holidays for sure. You oh, know. Well, yeah. I think we should do like a go through that list of national holidays and, you know, national beer day. And let's make a movie about that. <laughs> it can, it's an that endless supply of really ideas. Well. Yeah. That would probably do really yeah. well. There's a holiday yeah. for everything at some point, but I get what you mean. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, I think we should just wish everyone a happy holiday and thanks for listening. We'll see you in the new year. Thank you so much for spending your 2023 with us. Yeah. Have a great one. <laughs>